Time now for the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular with your hosts, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Kegley. He's Mike Kegley. He's Brad Sturdy. I'm Larry Smith, and uh, this is the Sports Spectacular. Glad you're here as we are inching our way toward March. Uh, boy, and what a tough week uh, for the Aggies. Uh, ugh, we don't want to talk about it, but we have to. Uh, Mark Passwaters from AggieYell.com is standing by here in just a moment. We'll get his thoughts um, on that, uh, well, the debacle uh, the other day. More on that coming up, but also coming up uh, a big uh, game at Alabama. The Crimson Tide playing very well right now, and we'll talk about AM taking on them. Also, Matt Brown is here from ExtraPointsMB.com. Great article on that site earlier this week talking about how this current NIL model just is not uh, sustainable and we'll get into some of those details also when might we see a salary cap um in college sports you know nil money is just crazy right now uh, we just heard from rick patino saying uh, he recently said there needs to be a salary cap for nil um is that sustainable and when might that happen we'll talk with matt about that as well and something that we have not seen in more than 40 years in college basketball uh, happening right now, all of that is uh, still on the way. Let's talk more about these Aggies right now. Joining us once again on the show, Mark Passwaters. He's the publisher of AggieYell.com. Mark, good to talk with you. Um, boy, let's just let's just reach right now before we move forward and look ahead to Alabama. And let's just, we're going to, on the count of three, we're just going to reach over and just grab and pull the Band-Aid off that, scab and all. Um, the game of the night against uh, uh, against against Vanderbilt. This was, this was, <laughs> yeah. Uh. Ugh. How do you do that? <laughs> well, I want to get it out of the way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, it's a rhetorical you. I mean, it just, uh, you know, you can't lose that game. Yeah. You absolutely cannot lose that game. You just went and blew Tennessee's doors off. Yeah. And then you come out and look like a JV team. It's just unbelievable. It, except for the fact that that's what they've done all year. They've gone out and beaten good teams and then have absolutely laid eggs. Uh, they beat Kentucky, lose by one to our, a bad Arkansas team. You you know you lose by fifteen to a bad LSU team, and then go turn around and go beat them. Uh, you know they came from twenty one down and beat Iowa State. That looks like a great win right now. Right, but you know, can you tell me that that's the same team that beat uh, that lost to Vanderbilt last night? I mean, it's it's just mind boggling. You know, when we talked uh, during football season, I think I used the phrase consistently inconsistent. You did. And, uh, <laughs> guess what? Apparently it's transitioned over to basketball because <laughs> it's consistently inconsistent. Sarah, you know, what do you think accounts for that? Is there something they're doing that, you know, you're seeing that whether it's energy, is it rebounding? Is it, you know, what what is it that's making them so inconsistent? Well, last night it was energy for sure. Uh, you know, their spark plug, Anderson Garcia, got in foul trouble early, and they just looked lost without him. Uh, and, and that's remarkable when you think of, you know, a team with Wade Taylor and Poots Radford. I mean, these are experienced guys, all SEC guys, but they were just kicking the ball around the joint in the first half, and they never really found any semblance of rhythm uh, at any point in the game. You know, Buzz, when he coaches, you got a lot of intensity. And and usually the defense is there, you know, game in and game out. Is 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 he struggling with how to reach these kids, or or what do you think it is? 
you know, he's he hasn't said it, but it sure seems like he's got a bunch of motivational devices this year. And uh, I I don't know if it's necessarily trying to to reach them or try to get them to go to a, the next level. Uh, you know, I, I would hate to think that complacency is set in for a team that was a seven seed last year, but they played complacent last night for sure. Uh, you know, when they're on, when they shoot well, when they play that tough defense, you know, you can ask Tennessee and Kentucky, they'll beat you. Uh, but when they play last night, they're not going to beat anybody. Yeah, you know, I, I really thought about the first of the month, um, you know, the, the the tight one point win right over Florida. I'm like, okay, this is the one that you you know, it's a tight game. You find another team that's in a similar situation, right, trying to find their way and 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 claw them out of the mass to get to the upper echelon of the conference. Now we start, right? And then, you, you know, that so kicks off three straight wins. You, like you said, you beat Tennessee, and then this happens. How do you pick up now with an Alabama team that you have to go to their place uh, this weekend um, and, and, and you know, and and, fi- and find your way? Because Alabama's beginning to kind of figure things out. Look, you know, they struggled early on, and look at all of a sudden, they're the real deal. Now, with them, Tennessee again, South Carolina's playing well, all of a sudden, You've got a kind of an uphill battle if you want to make sure that you're in a good position to on selection Sunday to get into the into the tournament. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think the first thing is that you go back to what Buzz Williams is known for. You go back and play defense. Yeah. You know, they they did not defend well last night. Uh, they defended very well against Tennessee. They caused all kinds of problems for the Vols, but it looked like they just slipped back into some old habits last night. And uh, it came back and bit them. They they need to play that tenacious defense. They need to rebound. And then they need to attack the basket and get fouled. That's their thing. And, you know, last night they were 17 of 17 for the line. And that's really good. But they need to be around 22 to 25 foul shots a game. And then if you can make, you know, 17 of those, 18, 19, then you're in good shape. But, you know, th- this reliance on the three, even though he kept them in the game last night, that's not their game. Uh, and defense, rebounding, being physical, getting fouled, that's that's their game. This is, you know, old Billy Gillespie kind of ball uh, going back to, the, you know, the early 2000s. That's how this team is going to have to win. Yeah. Buzz Williams, of course, that's his style. It's in the past. You know, they defend, they rebound, they, you know, wants to be an intense coach on the sideline. He goes through two or three shirts a game, I think, with sweat. But, <laughs> but Buzz is like, he's a, he's, and he's a really, he's been, been at stops, you know, six years, five years, five years. Where's he at right now at Texas AM? Is this like, is, is he safe there or is there some like, what's, what's the status there? Well, to quote Mike Elko from the other day, uh, I don't have a boss, so no, nobody can fire me. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know the, the, there's no athletic director right now, so you know they're they're safe. But I mean, you look at, at what Buzz has done. He's two-time SEC Coach of the Year. Uh, you know, they've ran the table pretty much in conference play last year. Got him back into the tournament. The guy does a lot with a little, but the thing is, can he do a lot with a lot? And that's where we haven't gotten yet. And, you know, there there are people who are getting frustrated with him, but this is also a guy who was extended last year. And after, you know, the Jimbo debacle, I don't think he's in, in, in any danger unless they massively swoon. And in spite of losing to Vanderbilt, I don't think that's going to happen. They, they can still, 
end up at 500 or or above in conference. And then it, for whatever reason, this team always seems to hit their stride in the SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. Now you, you mentioned Mike Elko, which, which makes me want to ask one football question. Um, Texas AD Chris Del Conte during a town hall meeting, he was asked if Texas will play Texas A&M every year. And his answer was, that is the goal. And we'd like to, we'd actually like to find a way to move back the game to uh, Thanksgiving Day. Is You think that's going to be a, come back and be a college tradition that you, you know, you either get Texas, Texas A&M before the Cowboy game on Thanksgiving or after the Cowboy game on Thanksgiving? I sure hope not, because I absolutely hate having that game on Thanksgiving. Uh, I think that you're seeing, you know, there, there there was a several generations of people who just loved having it on Thanksgiving. And then it wasn't on Thanksgiving and the world didn't end. And as a matter of fact, a lot of people could sit at home and eat their turkey and drink their beer and be just fine and not freeze their butts off in the stands that Kyle <laughs> Field and DKR. So um, I think the younger people, you know, starting probably around, you know, my generation, which is 1998 to, to 2000, uh, those folks are, are they, they're not as interested in, in Thanksgiving Day. They'd rather do it either Friday or Saturday, you know, uh, you know, and there, there are some people, to be perfectly honest, who don't want to play them at all that weekend. They, they want to still play LSU. So, hmm. you know, they, there were some people on my board today saying, you know, no, no, we'll play them in October with the rest of the riffraff. Uh, so, you know, what Chris Del Conte wants and what may happen are two different things. But, uh, you know, there, there is certainly no universal desire to, to go back to having it on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day. Talk with Mark Passwaters, a once again publisher of AggieYell.com. That brings me to my next question as well. You, you know, bringing up the, the Texas thing and, and, you know, the, the two schools back um, in the SEC. What's been the reaction in College Station and, and Aggie Nation of, uh, of having Texas come in the SEC? Um, what's any reaction at all? And, and what's it been like? Uh, disdain. Uh, you know, ba- basically, we left to get away from you people. And now you're following us and acting like it was your idea the whole time. Uh, you know, it, it's very, very annoying uh, for, for many people. Uh, you know, it, it, I saw one the other day, the Texas fans like, well, they wanted us to begin with. And they're like, didn't you guys try to sue A&M to stop them from leaving? Um, you know, so it, it's it's ridiculous. But, um, you know, people are happy the game is back. They're not happy the Texas is in the SEC. And, you know, when this thing started with the the horns down a couple of weeks ago uh, with Coach Terry, you know, a lot of Aggies were were sitting there pigging the the SEC offices saying, we told you this was going to happen. This is what they do. Uh, You know, so it's going to be real interesting. Uh, You know, like I said, people are happy the game's back, but dealing with them once again on a conference basis, I don't think very many people are happy about that. Well, that's what that's what Brad tries to do when Larry and I follow him around. He just runs around going, "What are you guys doing? Follow me around!" And then, <laughs> you know, it, it gets ugly at games. The, the only difference is you really do follow me around. <laughs> but I don't, of- I don't know what the university version of pepper spray is, though. So I mean, <laughs> you can't really because that stuff that stuff stings, man. No. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I I ran out, so I'm stuck. <laughs> I don't have any left. No, is there is there a so when, what's your what are your thoughts kind of you know we know Texas going to the SEC. So what are your thoughts on this whole SEC Big Ten conglomerate that's kind of uh, or panel alliance? I'm alliance. hoping I'm hoping against hope that this is the death knell for the the NCAA. I'm really hoping that what comes out of this. You know, it's almost like a constitutional convention. You get these guys together and they've got an idea to do something else because what is in existence does not work. And if these guys can come up with an idea or a series of ideas for NIL, for, uh, you know, the, the college football playoff, whatever the, the case may be, uh, you know, the early signing period is another thing that I'd love them to look at. You know, if they can come up with some ideas and then they can get some the, the support of the, the Big 12 and the ACC, you know, maybe, you know, our long national nightmare will be over. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if if maybe just the NCAA has lost all credibility and maybe this is a leverage move by the Big Ten and the SEC to say, let us kind of dictate some of the rules and you guys do the paperwork. Yeah, I think that that's a, a possibility. Um, you know, and it, it really, I think it's going to come down to the arrogance of the NCAA. Are they going to be willing to negotiate to to make changes, or are they just going to sit there and you know be that same stick in the mud that has gotten to you know one court case after another against them? So, you know, if they're willing to play ball, then you know maybe this thing works for everyone. But I think that there's at least a contingency or a thought that it may not work for everybody. And, you know, the big conferences are going to get their way. Yeah. You know, we had Tony Altamore on the show a few weeks ago. He's the, you know, the strategist. And if you follow him on X, he has just some some amazing uh, data that he comes up with in terms of um, the Big Ten and SEC schools. And when you look at this, you can see why. Um, these two conferences as they will be formed starting July one, why they are the way they are. I mean, um, and what's the saying, uh, whoever has the money makes the rules or whatever. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, look, bottom line, these two conferences are going to make, are going to lay some demands out either publicly or privately. And if they're not matched to your point, they will take their literal ball and go play elsewhere. No question. Hey, yeah. hey Mark, always great to talk with you. We appreciate your time. Um, as always enjoy the weekend and keep hope alive that, uh, that they come through <laughs> <laughs> they can rise from the ashes from the other night and uh, finish yeah. out the season strong. All right. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. I appreciate it. Mark Passwater is once again, publisher of AggieYell.com, joining us here uh, on the Sports Spectacular. We've got lots more to come. Uh, stay with us. More after this. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-425-1161. 800-425-1161. That's 800-425-1161. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer 
terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Everything is expensive right now. Gas, food, you name it. You're spending more, you are making the same or less money. So, what do you do? You rack up credit card debt, that's what you do. It's not your fault, it's the economy. And guess what? If you rack up too much credit card debt like some of us, you can't pay your bills. Then the credit card companies, as nice as they are, start hounding you for money. Then you start your downward spiral. A smart thing for you to do is to call the Zero Debt. They can help you consolidate all your credit card bills into one affordable payment. Millions of people have done it. It works to make you debt-free. Make this free call right now. It costs you nothing to learn more. 800-507-7293. 800-507-7293. That's 800-507-7293. And we're back. Uh, You know, it's interesting how hard it is for the Oakland A's to um, find a home. You know, nobody seems to want them. They've actually been told to go back home for the Las Vegas mayor, but, but they can find a play-by-play person and they've got a a female. Um, How cool is this, Mike? You know, it actually kind of shocks me because we see, we hear, you know, women on sports broadcasts all the time. Now I kind of, I just never really went down and checked it off, but I kind of assumed somebody was already doing that. So it's awesome that uh, she's got the job and it would be nice if she knew where the heck the team was going to be located at. Cause <laughs> well, I, I would want a move she, package. <laughs> she can't, she, she can't buy a house yet or rent a house or anything because she got, well, I'm not sure where we're going to be. You know, but, the, uh, but, you know the official song, it's pretty of, cool. the official song of the Oakland A's is going to be that finally found a home by Huey Lewis and the news when they, figure out where the heck they're going to be. It's, I tell you what, when, when, when Las Vegas mayor told them to, you know, bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it hard wild. to do, deal with. Yeah. Jenny Kavnar, of course, is uh, her name. We haven't, I don't think we even said that, but Jenny Kavnar, she is, um, she's got, you know, a history of doing this, you know, doing games and she's done some stuff, but it's pretty cool because, you know, we've seen, um, you know, Jessica Mendoza kind of ha- broke the ice a little bit. She was the, you know, she's been involved in postseason baseball and different things, you know, former uh, softball uh, Olympian um, and, and this, but, you know, Jenny Kavner, she's been in the 20 years in this, she's covered baseball for 17 years. Um, and, uh, you know, it's pretty, uh, she's been a backup before and, in, in, you know, in Colorado and things like that. But I, I think it's really cool to see this, you know, I, I think it expands, it expands the game because the game's for everybody, right? I mean, it's not just a man's game. It's not just a women's game. And, and we've seen this, the proliferation of women's softball too. And, and we've got professional leagues there and things like this. So, you know, we're starting to see, um, I, I think it's really cool, um, to see this. You know, the bottom line is, is, you know, 51% of the population's women. And if you want to grow your business and, and baseball and pro sports are businesses, you want to hook in those fans. And there's no better example than how the NFL, the number one league in, in the country, found out that with Taylor Swift, they could get access to a whole group of people who don't watch NFL football. And supposedly before the Super Bowl broke all these viewer records, 
the Chiefs and the uh, NFL supposedly brought in $331 million of additional business because of Taylor Swift. And and if you can draw in more fans across the country, why would you not want to do that? Yeah, it's good. And it's not just so it's not just play by play either. We're going to have some uh, women in blue. No, I don't mean, uh, you know, police officers. I mean, uh, Major League Baseball umpires. Um, uh, so Jen Paywall is getting um, to uh, serve, could serve as Major League Baseball's first female umpire. Now we've seen, it's interesting, we've seen women do NBA games. And, and I'm not trying to be, I, I think it'd be easier to do baseball than NBA. I'm just, if we're going to say, oh, they're I mean, and maybe it's just because they don't want to. And we've seen a lot of, obviously, women's, uh, the fast pitch, we see a lot of females doing that. But now you've got a 47-year-old woman who has uh, been doing this for Climb the Ladder, paid her dues, um, served a minor league umpire starting in 2016, did the home plate, uh, hit home, did the plate umpire in the AAA championship game back in 2023. Um, she will, I, I think it's, there's no doubt she's going to get an opportunity um, she's working this spring. I think she'll get an opportunity, whether it's full-time or whether it's as a sub this year, she'll get an opportunity to, to do a major league baseball game. That's big news. Yeah. I mean, that, that is awesome. And we'll see what happens, but boy, it, it would be great to get somebody up there. And, and obviously, you know, she's been in the minor leagues, you know, for since 2016. So, so it's not like th- this is going to be a new experience for her and, and obviously triple a championship game you know last year so so this is just a natural progression i think it's fantastic and and again the more people you can get involved in your sport the better it's going to be so we're making history and you know what else made history indiana state is ranked for the first time since larry bird was there and they promptly did what mike they were beaten by Illinois State in today. <laughs> yeah, we, we, what was that? That was uh, Tuesday night. So basically, they have they were ranked essentially, you know, ranked for about as long as most of my diets last between now eight and twelve hours. So that's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, they went down quickly. Yeah, you know, obviously they're they're still a good team, but uh, you know, I, I think some of it is you know. It's hard to be the hunted. You know what I mean? And they're the hunted now. Oh, we got a rank. Now we got a ranked win. And the, you know, they were, they didn't have Larry Bird to bail them out this time. No, no. And, and it is, I will tell you though, that they have got a lot of fans who are excited for Indiana State. And I'm really hoping to see them in the NCAA tournament because they are an exciting team to watch. They are fun. They can score. They had a rough night shooting. I think they were one of 17 from three in the first half. Tough to overcome that. But, you know, so Indiana State, congratulations on being ranked. And we're probably not going to see you there again this year. So anyway, you know, thanks for thanks for coming. So <laughs> we'll be back right after this. Hopefully we'll have some. Uh, we'll talk about some more rankings. Let me tell you a story about Bill. Bill was a normal guy in his 50s. He had back surgery about two years ago. Bill was in a lot of pain. He dealt with his pain by taking the Percocets his doctor prescribed for him. Bill took more and more and more of them to help with the pain until one day the prescriptions weren't enough to get rid of Bill's pain. Then one day Bill found someone to help him get rid of the pain with illegal drugs he didn't need a prescription for. Fast forward to today. Bill lost his job and his family. The only thing he does have is his drug dealer. If you know Bill's story and you don't want to end up like Bill, call the Detox and Treatment Helpline right now. 
to get away and get treatment. 800-980-1761 That's 800-980-1761 How would you like to get a free $100 prepaid MasterCard and save money on your television bill? Then call right now. Make the switch to Dish TV. For a limited time, we're offering a two-year price guarantee. That's important for those of you on a fixed budget to know your prices won't go up for two years. Plus, you have hundreds of channels, lots of live news and sports, movies, and more. And when you call right now, you can also ask about our discounts for seniors and those of you in the military. So, make the switch to Dish right now. Pick up the phone and call. Enjoy your television like you are meant to. And when you sign up today, we'll also give you a $100 free prepaid MasterCard. Call right now, ask about our senior discount, our military discount, and your free $100 prepaid MasterCard. 800-706-7063 That's 800-706-7063 Paid for by NPS Switch to Dish TV today for your free prepaid MasterCard You're listening to the Aggie Guys Radio Network Guys, just with us here, Larry Smith, Mike Hagley, Brad Sturdy, as we continue here and uh, counting down toward March and counting also toward the offseason. Spring sports now underway. Um, already talking about you know football. Your spring f- football is coming up. I mean, it's you know it's it's a never it's nonstop, right? Uh, Matt Brown is back with us again. He is with uh, ExtraPointsMB.com. Had an article that, as you know, we're big fans of what Matt does and. Um, uh, and he had an article uh, a few days ago that really caught our attention and uh, we're lucky to have him here on the show. Matt, good to talk to you again. How are things going? Yeah, thanks. It's, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so I want to dive right in. I don't waste anybody's time and, or waste your time, but, uh, you had a great article talking about in, in a nutshell, how NIL as it exists, um, just this model isn't sustainable. Now this is not a surprise for any of us paying attention, um, but you bring up some really good points. Kind of go over a little bit, kind of um, in your own words, kind of your your research and how you came to this. Sure. So if, if you are an NIL collective at the Power Five level, and, and even like not even in Ohio State or in Alabama or Texas or something, but but somewhere in the middle of the Power Five, you, the, if you want to be you know competitive with your peers for a combined pool for football men and men's and women's basketball, at the bare minimum. Jack Collective is going to need to raise at least $7 million. Uh, and, and, and that number is, is ticking up a little bit if you want to be able to have a pool that, that can pay for multiple for, for multiple sports. And what's happened over the last, the, you know, the first two years or so of this model is that the majority of collectives would raise that money from a handful of what we might call whales or, or individual uh, high value donors, people that are that are kicking in six figures. Uh, and, and you might have a dozen or so people responsible for 60, 70 percent of, of, of the NIL uh, collective's money. And that is relatively cheap. That's relatively quick to do. Right. If you don't have to ask that many people for money and every program has a handful of very rich people. But two years into this, what to a man and to a woman, collective operators, ADs and even some coaches have been telling me is that there's donor fatigue. You can only ask those same 10 or 12 rich people for six figures so many times, especially when some of the guys that those collectives have paid for um, haven't panned out, haven't ended up being starters, have transferred, got DUIs, uh, got injured, all, all, all manner of other things. That amount of money isn't indefinite. 
Uh, so there's a major push in the industry right now for collectives to find ways to either better engage small donors, get lots of people to kick in 10, 12, 15 bucks a month, or to do the thing that NIL was, I guess, technically supposed to be from the begin with, which is then to find actual brand value deals, where instead of asking people for money for an exchange for autographs or a fake marketing deal, to go get them actual marketing deals. And there's some headway here where I talked about a specific example within the story, but that's expensive and it's hard to scale. And it's the same problem that folks that work in university development face, people that work in political fundraising or that do a hospital fundraising. If eventually, if you can't rely on the same 12 people, you have to spend real money and real skill to go fundraise. And that takes time and money, which is something that many of these NIL groups have been loath to spend. Yeah, you're these are such excellent points. And you're exactly right that it's and that's where, you know, it, you find I, I'm amazed to see how each school does it differently. Like some schools are trying to kind of bring it under all one umbrella. Um, other schools have several collectives. Um, yeah. But but you're, you have to go through and, and kind of work at this. And, and you're right. It, you can only go with this so much. And the problem is that when you go into the universities, you have that booster group already, like you said, that you already go to. Um it seems to me, and let me know what you found out, that that if you're going to the same people for NIL that you go to for those big projects, like updating the softball field or, you know, building a new weight room for basketball, um, now you're double dipping. And now that that thins out that pool even more. You know, so it's interesting because that was the concern for most ADs in 2021. And, and there was a lot of digital ink written about that. But what we've actually found from looking at financial data is that that hasn't really happened very much. Most schools in the Power Five are still reporting to the Department of Education, to the NCAA, year-over-year increases in donor engagement. And what I've, what I've heard from collective operators is that while there is some double dipping, they're by and large, they're fishing in more different pools than you might expect. And I, I, as an example here, uh, if you are somebody who is a big fan of, let's say, University of Indiana athletics, but you live in Minnesota. So donating to the athletic department itself may be less attractive to you because the, the, the biggest carrot that the athletic department typically gives to donors is tickets mm -hmm. and engagement to things on campus. But if you live 500, 600 miles away and you're only coming to campus two or three times a year, that may not be as attractive. But the collective might offer you buy-in in different ways, whether that's content, whether that's stuff, whether that's discount somewhere else, or just the feeling that what you're giving is more directly related to wins and losses. And so I've heard from collective operators saying, like, we've actually done a better job engaging people who have money that have never donated to the athletic department before. Um, and that's great, but nobody really knows how much longer you can do that. Because even if you find a different pool of donors, that pool is not exhaustive. And uh, if, if, you know, if, if inflation goes up, if businesses are struggling, if others, other challenges out there that impacts the people who might be giving money to. Mm -hmm. You mentioned in your article, um, home field apparel that's based in Indiana, and they've kind of got a partnership. Um, and in fact, two schools in the Big Ten are, are going to be doing this. Uh, Purdue, yeah. Indiana, uh, also Florida, uh, Georgia and, and Kansas State. How does this idea work compared to some other things out there? Yeah, and, and there's a couple other companies that have done somewhat similar things. Uh, it's not dissimilar to the really popular fundraising model for like the Boy Scouts or Little Leagues or elementary schools. Homefield sells t-shirts and collegiate licensed apparel, and it, it specializes in 
uh, vintage logos, right? If you want to get something from an Indiana logo from the 1950s that you can't get at Target or Dick's Sporting Goods, you go to Homefield. And what Homefield is saying is like, hey, listen, I'm going to give you guys a special discount code um, for, say, just Indiana stuff. And then I'm going to give a percentage of the sales of that discount code directly to Indiana's collective. So from Homefield's perspective, the collective's handling Homefield's marketing because the, 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 the collective is incentivized to share that code and to drum up sales. The fans benefit because they're going to buy this stuff anyway. And now by buying the things that are directly supporting the athletes and then the collective benefits, because now they're having access to fundraising where they don't have to ask their fans independently for money. The fans are going to get the, are going to be able to get money to the collective for doing things they'd already be doing. You know, I, I referenced this in the article, like a really common strategy here where I live in Chicago, like for my daughter's elementary school is once a month, our neighborhood Wendy's will have like a CPS night. And then everybody that goes to Wendy's on that day, that money goes into a pool and our elementary school gets 25% of that pool. So that day, all the teachers and all the parents are out there at pickup handing out little pieces of paper saying, hey, go to Wendy's today. It's for the kids. And so on my line, I can be like, well, you know, this Baconator is for my children. So like, actually, this is the this is the socially responsible thing to do. Then the school gets, you know, 800 bucks, 1000 bucks. Wendy's gets a bunch of people doing marketing for them and everybody wins. It's that same strategy here applied maybe at a larger scale for an NIL collective. Yeah. Let me ask a little different question while I've got you talking with Matt Brown of ExtraPointsMB.com. Great article as always, really insightful stuff. And we're talking your NIL. Rick Pitino said recently, earlier this month, he, he kind of floated the idea out there that there needs to be a salary cap in terms of NIL. And and I, I I can't help but wonder if, as we're seeing the Big Ten and the SEC form this, you know, quote unquote, advisory panel as we move into the next phase of college football and, and the expansion takes place and finally uh, comes to fruition here in July. Um, It feels like we're headed to that. And I think that at that point, it does to bring that even make it public. So many, so many NIL, NIL deals right now are not made public. Like you really... This player, allegedly, the rumor is he's getting $800,000, but how does that break down or is he really getting it? It feels like if you have that kind of accountability like you do well in pro sports, um, it, it changes the game and maybe, I, in my mind, makes it more manageable. What are your thoughts? Well, in many ways, it does make things more manageable, but it's also extremely illegal <laughs> unless you make one big change, which is make players employees. Okay. The only way you can legally have a salary cap for anything is if that is collectively bargained between management and between a union or between yeah. player as you know player associations. If you try to dictate some kind of salary cap otherwise, that is an antitrust violation. That's collusion, and you will be sued 48 hours after you make that announcement. And the NCAA actually tried to do this with coaches. You know, I, I, I want to say this was in the 90s. The the UNLV took them to court. Um, over you know, limiting what you could pay uh, football assistance and the NCAA lost. Um, so that's why you don't have mandated public disclosure of NIL deals. And that's why schools can't re meaningfully restrict uh, what happens with NIL. I think that's why the the and many the NCAA is likely to lose this court case right now with, with Tennessee and Virginia uh, eventually. Once there is an employment model, and once there is some kind of union, I think that is exactly what's going to end up happening. There's going to be a salary cap. There's going to be uh, a salary floor. There's going to be visibility on outside and, and restrictions on outside income exactly the same way we have in the NFL. Like I tell people here, the idea of having a fan fundraising group to pay for Justin Fields' salary for the Chicago Bulls 
would not only be laughed out of the building anywhere that anyone tries to propose that in Chicago, it's also extremely against the NFL CBA. And if the Bears tried that, they would lose draft picks and they'd face massive fines. That's the world we are likely to go to in college athletics, which means many of these NIL collectives will either move in-house, become pure marketing agencies, or will disappear. Yeah, yeah. Great points. And I'm glad I brought that up so we can tell Rick, no, <laughs> you can't have that. Although it does feel as we had our, our guest on last week talking about uh, the Dartmouth deal. Um, it does feel like we're headed toward that. Maybe not in the next five, six, seven years. Um, it's going to take some time to work through the course, but it feels like we're headed in that direction. Oh, hey, I, I think much sooner than that. Like th this, this is not a eight, seven, eight year intellectual really? abstraction. This is two years. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Even sooner. This is even even sooner because the friends, the Dartmouth case is not happening in a vacuum. The Dartmouth case is happening while there's another NLRB ruling in, in Los Angeles, which could expand more. We already have Johnson v. NCAA, which is going to be ruled on this year in district court. The NCAA is likely to lose that. And you have a settlement for House that's likely to happen this year. Like this stuff is not coming in, in, in seven, eight years. Like this is there's a reason the NCAA spent so much time and energy trying to lobby Congress this year because they can't prevent the horse from getting out of the barn very soon. Yeah. So um, so you feel this kind of this all comes to play before these TV deals expire at the end of the decade? Oh, un unquestionably. I I, I think th this, these are things that will be coming to play beginning this year. Uh, they'll be appealed, but by 2026 is is the timeline. I think is much more likely. Okay, okay. This is why we have you on the show, <laughs> so you can straighten this out and uh, yeah. and get straight. Matt, always great talking with you. We appreciate uh, your insights and even more so on this one. And um, as always, we'll be we'll be calling you soon to get to to get smarter at some point in the future. All right, thanks, fellas. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, Matt Brown. Once again, the website is extrapointsmb.com. And be sure to subscribe as well um, to his uh, newsletter. Um, I've done that. And hopefully uh, I know we all have done that. Hopefully you will, too. Always great stuff, as you can see right here, really setting us straight. So you get some knowledge now and uh, you can go tell your friends uh, what's happening. All right. Stay with us. We've got more to come on the show right here. How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing-fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. If you don't like it you get your money back but you're gonna love it and you're gonna love the price internet for your home for 50 bucks a month that's less than two bucks a day plus no contracts no upfront costs no equipment fees and our 15-day guarantee call now 800-215-0341 800-215-0341 800 that's 800-215-0341 Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828. 800-448-0828. 800-448-0828. That's 800-448-0828. 
Well, finishing up uh, the show here, we certainly want to let everyone know that our thoughts and prayers are with uh, everyone in Kansas City. Um, what was uh, you know to be a great celebration turned out you know was tragedy, um, you know, a fatal shooting there, and um, you know it's one of those things. It's guys, I know that we all agree it's 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 just senseless, you know, and it's too bad that um, what was supposed to be just a, a great day, um, you know, will will be remembered for other reasons. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, it's a tragedy. I mean, you, you just it doesn't make sense on such a you know fun supposed to be a fun and joyous day and it ends up not being that for you know the 20 uh, for everyone really but i mean especially for the 22 people that were were shot it's just it's sad yeah there's there's nothing that you can add other than it's just a tragedy there that people are having to now deal with yeah it, it really is um you know meanwhile uh you know leading up to that um it's too bad because it puts a, a pall on what was a very um successful week in vegas uh, the city hosting the super bowl for the first time um a record audience uh, watching on television um and and of course the kansas city chiefs doing what they do and that's just win championships um guys how about the this franchise and the greatness of this you know here is a, a franchise that that had gone 50 years since winning a super bowl and um, they draft patrick mahomes and that's he, let's just face it he's the catalyst um andy reed was already there and suddenly now they're the dynasty, you know, I mean, it's, you know, we, we're always looking for the next Jordan, right. Always looking for the next mantle, whatever. And, and I, I think we've already found the next Tom Brady and that's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He's fantastic. You know, the, the knock was, and I don't think anybody ever thought Kenzie, they, they were a favorite coming in. Everybody thought that, but everybody thought they paid Mahomes too much money and you can't build a roster around him because of his big salary. Turns out they did. Okay. You've got a really good guy. You can get around that. Yeah, and and I'll tell you the interesting thing that that we got, and I want to give credit to Neil Payne's sub Substack, but basically they since 2001, 56 quarterbacks have led 125 drives in the playoffs where it was the the fourth quarter or OT. There was under a minute to play, and the offensive team was either tied or trailed by seven points, and. Of those 125 drives, only 40% saw the offensive team either tie the game or take the lead. Tom Brady, though, he was 5 for 11 in those drives at 46%. Drew Brees, 3 for 6 at 50%. Aaron Rodgers was 3 for 4 at 75 Then there's Patrick Mahomes. He was 7 for 7 in those type of drives. A hundred percent. And I don't know how it was in your living room, but as we watched the game, Christian McCaffrey, by the way, I think he agreed with us because when the 49ers didn't score a touchdown, mm -hmm. we're like game over. It's done. And yeah. I think th this stat proves that Patrick Mahomes, maybe his nickname should be game over. <laughs> that's the next state farm commercial i think on the back of his jersey right <laughs> yeah it's right um you know it is um it, it's it's just remarkable and he's only 28 years old and so he has a lot of years in today's football if he stays healthy and you've got the you know the very best in sports medicine in the nfl and, and all these different teams they'll do everything that they can but brad you bring up a great point not only did he sign that massive contract but remember because his average salary is no longer in the top five, right? We have all these guys who've yeah. signed 50 million and plus several guys. Remember, they redid his contract last summer to bump up his annual salary. 
So they've given him even more money on top of the 48, 49 million he was making before per year. Yeah, because you want him on your side. You don't want him on anybody else's sideline. That's for anybody else's at all, right? I mean, this is the best guy in the league right now. And, you know, it's just he's that guy. He's he is him. And he is he's just he's a great uh, he's one of the all time greats already. And he's still got a lot of time left. Yeah, he's on pace with Tom Brady. And and I don't want to call somebody the GOAT before they've earned it. But certainly he has put himself in a position where it is easy to hypothesize that he is going to give Tom Brady a run for the money. And statistically, he's ahead of Tom in Super Bowls at the same time they're tied up. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Can't call him the GOAT yet. It's way too early, but I'm with you. He puts himself in position. By the way, Brad, State Farm just called her upset because on your side is another insurance company's slogan, so they're not happy with you. Um, <laughs> but they'll let it pass this time. Um, we are uh, out of time, unfortunately. We're on your side um, every week right here as we uh, come together, but we've got to run. Uh, we appreciate everyone who stopped by and gave us some great insights. Hope you enjoyed it as well. Uh, have fun this weekend. Be safe. Enjoy the games. And uh, we look forward to seeing you right back here, same station, same time next week. Take care. We'll see you. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular. 